Look, you're already listening to us, so we just assume you've been here before. And Never come- assume. <laughs> For when you assume. Oh, yeah. Ah, you all know the rest. All right. In any case. Of you and me. Of all, every bit of it. So. Uh, I miss Tony Randall, I think. <laughs> you are. That was a really good Odd Couple show, but it doesn't hold up well. Now. The clothing and things just throw me. It's, I think it's and you can tell the late 60s, early 70s pants. feel to it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just different now. We've become so much better. In the... well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I digress. Please continue yes, you with your dulcet pear-shaped tones. You are here. You like it. Please I, share well, it with others. Yeah. Because... And tell them they can get it at their favorite podcast outlet anywhere. Outlet? Outlet. I let mispronounced what? it. No, you pronounced it right. Shut up. This is True Really News with Scott Combs and Tony Vercanis. All the news you're about to hear is true. Really? As far as you know. The British Isles, like most places, have their fair share of fun-filled annual traditions, and this is not one of them. (laughs) Now, okay, admittedly, most traditions turn into organized events, right? Yeah, yeah. And while this is organized and an event, it's not really an organized. Sex-crazed giant spiders invade British and Irish homes every year. So, can you see how it's a tradition? <laughs> well, it happens and every it's organized year. Every year. <laughs> well, the, the arachnid- spiders know what's going to happen. The arachnid in question is the Eratogena atrica. The er- Listen, if you're scientifically minded, you can like send us a note and tell me how that's supposed to be pronounced. It's a, it's a giant house spider. I mean, we're talking giant house spider. They can grow to have a leg span of nearly four inches, which means there, you know, could be. And, oh, my oh, Lord. Hang on. There, that's better. Um, they're able to go from zero to 40 in a second. So if you could actually harness them, Iron Man would be impressed. So <laughs> basically, you got a, a spider that's the size of a hand that can take, well, at least the palm, take off as fast as a Porsche. And every year between August and September, they crawl out of British homes in search of some freaky eight-legged love. Hoo-hoo. Ha-ha. Do you suppose, like, all male spiders are leg men? I'm just wondering. I think they would have to be, but I wonder what happens for costume night. Let's, yeah. Hey, let's dress as humans. <laughs> Yuck! What do I do with all these extra arms and legs? <laughs> The giant house spiders aren't alone in creeping into houses and homes. According to a lecturer of ecology at the Nottingham Trent University in (gasps) Nottingham, England, duh, Dr. Chris Terrell Neal, do do all scholastics in Britain have to have the hyphenated last name? Is that that like a rule? Chris Terrell Neal. I, I, there's a lot of them. I know that. I mean, can it just be, you know, like Phil Collins, more of the Hostetler. <laughs> Wait, Cougar Mellon camp, joiner Kersey. The third. Oh, <laughs> anyway, he told the Nottingham post, which is also located oddly enough in Nottingham, England, mm. that there's a total of three arachnids currently making their way inside homes in Britain. I should, I'm just looking forward to going to Britain in the fall. The giant house, but <clears throat> wait, I could be having a stroke or a small heart attack. How do you tell the difference? The giant house spider is merely the biggest of them. In fact, they're one of the largest spiders in all of Northern Europe, if you want that for trivia night. Uh, the other two are the daddy long legs. They're definitely legmen. And the crowned orb weaver. 
better known as the garden spider. Ah, garden yeah, spider. Just not very flashy. They usually stay in hiding within garages and attics, but when August hits, male spiders' hormones go nuts. <laughs> and in their quest for spidey lust, uh, they start moving across places they would always avoid, like the plague, like, you know, your walls, floors, kitchen tables, bathrooms, beds, you, everywhere you don't want to see a spider, which is basically the size of the palm of your hand. Fred, there's some women now, here somewhere. Now we just have to find, find them. Little, those winches. Although giant house spiders can live up to six years, which means technically for six years, you're going to have the same spiders going, boy, Phil, I think we should have found a different bar. Um, <laughs> there is one silver lining. When the males do finally get some, when they finally get busy, they drop dead. Hey, well, which, this is no good. I know a few wives that go, hmm. <laughs> At least, I mean, human wives. I don't know any spider wives. Yeah. No. At least the invaders die off as quickly as they appear, usually. Because uh, if they don't manage to score, they go back to where they normally go because the hormones wear off. And then they wait again for August and get all spider nuts. Now, that spider weird, I guess, would be better. Thank you. You bet. Now, after being creeped out, the question is, should you be worried about these rascals? Should I be worried about these rascals? Glad you made rehearsal. <laughs> No, not really. Despite the the size of them, about the size of the palm of your hand. Have I mentioned that? Yeah, number. The giant house spider can only hurt your sanity mostly, according to Terrell Hyphen Neild. They're not dangerous, but they can give you a nip. Now you have to remember he's British. His idea of a nip would be comparable to a bee sting. Yeah. Okay. So, so on top of their size, the spider's speed, of course, is a major contributing factor to their to their. To their is it yuckiness? Yuckfulness? Yuckfulness. I like yuckfulness. But even if you've seen an enormous house spider, don't kill it, says Terrell hyphen Neild. Spiders do us an incredible service because they eat vast quantities of flies. So if you're in the UK, I would have to say if you're in the UK or Ireland, <laughs> and you see a huge spidey crawling down your wall, try and suppress your urge to smash it into dust. Because for one thing, you get blood all over the wall. And for two, they eat quoting now vast quantities of flies i like this i don't flies don't bother me bring them here if they can eat mosquitoes <laughs> just remember he's not out for blood he's out for love by the way yeah once he finds spider lady yeah and they do the thing yeah that spider thing that blah, thing blah. they do why am i doing french it's in england i don't know and then he dies? Yes. The lady still lives. Yeah. I, she would and have to, you see. Dr drops about 60 little babies. Now, here's a thought to keep in the front of your head if you live in the UK or Ireland. Those babies will be out looking for their families in about a year. Yay. Carry on, my wayward son. This. There'll be spiders even along when we're done. <laughs> this is profound. I doubt it. One teacher noticed this by accident. Well, then it must be profound. When she asked about, uh, she asked about, uh, was asked about adjectives by a Japanese student. The okay. student had translated something from uh, Japanese to English, and her translation was brown big cat. Okay, missed it by just a little, but I get yeah. it. And the teacher corrected her. Student said, well, why can't I say brown before big? And the teacher said, I blue screened. Apparently, this is something all English speakers know, but we don't teach. So here is how this works. 
Adjectives in English absolutely to be a Nazi. have to be in this order or it'll sound okay. funny to us. No, this yeah. is just something that happened through usage and time. Okay, good. Go ahead. Opinion, size, age, shape, color, origin, material, purpose, noun. So, so you can freaking big red spider as opposed to red freaking big spider. <laughs> exactly. Even though both say the same thing. They do. So you can have a lovely little old rectangular green French silver whittling knife. But you could not have a. <laughs> I'm not even going to try it. Thank well, you. I will try it. Yep. Um, you could have a lovely old little rectangular French green silver whittling knife. Yeah, it would still be. I, you'd have lost me at that after the first couple of words anyway. Right. So. Because I just get bored. But if you mess with the word order, you sound like a maniac, right? <laughs> Everyone goes, what the heck? It's an odd thing that every English speaker uses that list. And it just that comes direction. that way. Yeah. We just, through habit, huh. almost none of us could write it out. So English is a second language. They don't have that impediment. Yeah. They have that. <laughs> exactly. Um, also, size comes before color. So green great dragons can't exist. Are you but listening, British Isles? Great green dragons are plentiful everywhere. Thank you, Pete. Tony. Okay. So I'm checking out. Is it Adi? Is one of the places I look for stories. Oh, okay. And places that look with words sometimes get, you know, excited about words so since you started the grammar nazi thing let me give you 10 words that people misuse disinterested right mm -hmm. what disinterested actually means is you have my disinterests is unbiased or neutral as in a disinterested party in a court case yeah well. it does not mean uninterested right yeah. How many papers have you ever seen were disinterested but used instead? Well, none, because you're not a teacher, and thank God for small things. Historic is another word we use wrongly. Wrongly? Not rightly. Wrongestly. If you want to talk about historical events or places, you would say historical. Sure. Historic refers to things that have or had a significant and lasting importance. Something can be historic, even if it happened just a couple hours ago. Mm. But then again, many writers keep using the two words interchangeably, historic and historical, which makes grammar Nazis hysterical. But now at least you know the difference. <laughs> dilemma. <laughs> when you encounter a problem, you've run into a dilemma, right? Absolutely. Maybe. Or a trilemma, depending on how many are coming. Very good. You. A dilemma is a regular conundrum that has two specific choices. Yep. Dilemma. If you have three, it's trilemma. If you have just a plain old conundrum, yeah. it's a conundrum. Well, and if you have a trilemma, I'm just assuming you're on the nose of a rhinoceros. And if you, if, if you. Well, they don't okay. have two other horns. They only so have two suppose horns. Suppose Spider-Man is being attacked by Dr. Octopus. Okay. And each arm has a weapon. Okay. And he has to figure out which would that be an octolemma to figure out which one came out first? Ach dilemma. It sounds like something German. Ach dilemma. Hang on, I got more to go here. We'll be here all night. If you walk around on carpet in your socks, you might get zapped by static electricity. Correct. But that doesn't mean you got electrocuted. Correct. To be electrocuted, you have to receive injuries mm -hmm. or die. I didn't so, know people use this wrongly. So what if I got shocked 
from via static electricity and yes. stepped on a Lego. The Lego would have killed you. Oh, okay. Yeah. The static electricity probably just numbed the pain for a moment before you left. Grizzly. People often use the word grizzly as in grizzly bar. Or for those of us mountain men, the grizz. They, they use grizzly to describe something horrible, right? It was a grizzly crime scene. It was a blah, blah, blah. What about the grizzled old mountain man? Grizzly actually means swallow that gray haired. You were right. You want to mark that on a calendar. Thank you. Thank the you. The word you're looking for when talking about fearsome things is the similar sounding grizzly. Oh, I was not aware. But wait, grizzly bears are brown, right? Yeah. Why do we even call them grizzly bears? Why aren't they just like mean brown bears? Wouldn't yeah. it be easier? Brown bears with attitude. Yep. Remind me, there's a black bear story. It's too long now, but if you can see the video, it's hilarious. My wife and her entourage encountered at the Bounty Waters. Plethora. Okay. If there's a plethora of something, there's a lot of it. Right. As a matter of fact, if there's a plethora of something, there's too much of it. The word comes from old medical terminology where doctors used to describe a condition where an excess of certain fluids in the body. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Plethora does not mean that there's just a lot of something. It means there's more of something than necessary. Bemused. You see this crop up a lot in fiction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's be honest. A lot of the fiction written today. I'm not sure they could actually form a sentence if they needed to. Well, it is bemusing. The used person is confused, dazed, or bewildered. So you're right again. Of course, something strange happening could both be amusing and bemusing at the same time. Oh, that I think that kind of describes now that's us. Con, now that's confusing, <laughs> which again describes us. Okay, peruse, right? Someone's perusing a magazine yep. while someone's skimming through it. Yep. Peruse means that something is thoroughly used or examined. Yep. So when you're perusing a magazine, you're actually putting thought analysis and intense reading into it, not just skimming it. All right. So people straighten that up because it just bothers well, someone because not me. Yeah, I don't care. Decimate. Right? Oh, I know precisely what this means. What? One tenth. Very good. Most people use it to have something completely and utterly destroyed. But actually, it it's root word. It's root word is decimal which means 10 to decimate something you would have to eradicate exactly one tenth of it. We get the term from ancient Roman military practice where commanders when need be would decimate their own ranks. Yes. They would execute every 10th legionnaire to keep the survivors in line through the ever popular fear. Well, and doesn't that just bring forward the idea that decimate is something horrific? Yes. Right. Yep. So I can see how that would morph. How it would change in times, but let's yeah. use it correctly. Yeah. And how much you want to bet every Roman soldier when they lined up wanted to be like in the middle of anything. Yeah. <laughs> I don't or want to be at either end. I, what if they sound off? On, sound off. The whole legion says one. <laughs> and last but not least, there's and don't say anything. Inflammable. <clears throat> Most folks know Dr. Nick Rivera from The Simpsons. <laughs> Inflammable means flammable? What a country. Indeed, a lot of people think inflammable means unable to catch fire. But once again, the real meaning is the other way around. Inflammable means things burst into flame way too easily. So you've got inflammable, flammable, inflammable, non-inflammable. And I believe it was 
Was it George Carlin who said? Yes. For God's sake, either a thing flams or it doesn't. Which I just love. Eh, so true. It's either flammable or non-inflammable. Actually, it's either flammable or non-flammable. Be done with it. Yeah, we don't need the extra in. Because we all know that Carlin was right. Either a thing or it. Mm. And he also pointed out that apples make lousy sandwiches. That's true. Yeah. And he had a weird sort of thing going on with sports, but that's a whole other story. This is True Really News. Send email to TITR at netradio.network.